Hey everyone, my name is Ritik Shinglot with UCLA Radio. Welcome to Left on Red News, the show where you can get your weekly roundup of news that you probably swipe past that you can listen to while drinking your morning coffee, in a boring Zoom call, or while waiting in line for the next Supreme drop or something. It, again, doesn't really matter. Make sure to follow at Left on Red News on Instagram to see all the latest updates and tune into the live show Mondays at 4 p.m. on uclaradio.com. With that being said, cue the music. Let's get started. UC Berkeley is being forced to cut its fall 2022 class by over 3,000 students after a judge ruled against the university in a lawsuit filed by community group Save Berkeley's Neighborhoods. The group's president cited increases in noise throughout the neighborhoods, but failed to consider how many students at Berkeley are actually partying. He also claimed the university had failed to build enough housing for these students, which does have validity since the university only houses about a quarter of its students, with up to 10% experiencing some level of homelessness. Where he loses me, however, is the fact that his group's also been opposing almost every housing development that UC Berkeley tries to build, including forcing the school to nix plans for graduate student housing just months prior, as well as having a student housing proposal on People's Park shortened by four stories because the building didn't fit the character of the neighborhood. Now, if you know what a NIMBY is, this should be setting off alarms in your head. NIMBY stands for Not In My Backyard. It's a group of people who may claim to be fairly progressive, voting blue, donating to immigration nonprofits. They may even have Black Lives Matter in their bio. But when it comes down to seeing progressive change through things like housing developments in their community, they say not in my backyard and are the first to line up outside of city council meetings screaming about how they're being oppressed. NIMBYs exhaust any and all excuses that they can to keep their property values astronomically high and their communities exclusive. Most of the times with literally fabricated concerns about displacement and environmental impact. These Karens will put love is love is love signs in their yards, but are literally one of the leading causes for segregation in the state of California. NIMBY groups across the state have made it almost impossible to build housing in cities and universities, meaning our universities have an upper limit to how many students they can hold. This is an issue because California is still growing. We continue to add more and more jobs every year, but we don't meet the demand for it. By 2030, California is expected to have a shortage of more than 1 million workers that need bachelor's degrees. Even though more and more California high school students qualify for admission into the CSU and UC systems, they're still rejected because there simply isn't enough capacity. Both CSU and UC have faced heavy resistance from NIMBY groups at almost every campus when trying to build more housing. This continues pushing prices for already existing housing higher and higher, ultimately making higher education in California more inaccessible. UC Berkeley has appealed the ruling to the California Supreme Court and has received support from the Berkeley City Council and Governor Newsom himself. But the university will be forced to cut its acceptances by thousands if a decision is not made before admissions are sent out in March. A state of emergency was declared in Ottawa, Canada after a large group of truckers descended upon the city and parked over 400 trucks in the streets, effectively stopping traffic for weeks to protest a COVID vaccine mandate for truckers crossing the U.S.-Canada border, even when 90% of them are vaccinated. In true conservative fashion, however, the crazies soon showed up, and before long, some protesters threw Nazi and Confederate flags, which, honestly, I don't even have a joke for. It just doesn't even make sense. 
called the Freedom Convoy by themselves and the Flu Trucks Clan by others, the protesters established blockades at multiple border crossings, preventing hundreds of millions of dollars of cargo to be transported across the border each day. In the cities, Canadian truckers blared their horns for hours throughout the night, taking breaks to only profusely say sorry to their neighbors, only to continue right afterwards. Protesters communicated logistics through a walkie-talkie app called Zello, where they offered supplies and help to each other. On many occasions, they became quite patriotic on the app, often singing the Canadian national anthem, as they were proud of crippling their country's GDP for some reason. A few clever counter-protesters gained trust within these multi-thousand person chats and decided to play their own anthem. With all our sons command. Eighteen naked cowboys in the showers at Ram Ranch. The Ram Ranch resistance, or ranchers, became the primary counter to the Canadian truckers, infiltrating their Zello chats, sowing chaos by scaring some into going home, and trolling so effectively they essentially blocked the communications of the Freedom Convoy. Since Prime Minister Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act, close to 200 protesters have been arrested and almost 100 trucks have been towed. While the protests may have been dispersed, multiple provinces including Alberta and New Brunswick have loosened their COVID restrictions. However, this doesn't come in response from a majority of the Canadian people, who, according to polling firm Maru, are pretty upset with how the government handled the protests. It found that nearly 70% of Canadians supported the Prime Minister in invoking the Emergencies Act. 82% said that there is no way the Ottawa occupation should have gone on for nearly three weeks. But wait, it gets wilder. It seems that Canadians are the angriest they've ever been in history, because almost a third of polled Canadians said that they actually favor using violence to protect fundamental Canadian values. And even more crazy, 70% wanted the truckers cleared out of Ottawa, if necessary, using violence, quote, or worse, unquote. What does or worse even mean? I didn't know Canadians took being kept from going to Tim Hortons so seriously because now I'm actually terrified of even accidentally cutting one of them in line. You can have your donuts, sir. I'd like to keep my life. I'll be right back after this break. I don't actually have any sponsors, but I know the news can be depressing most of the time. So to take a quick break from it, here are a couple songs I've been listening to that I think you should add to your playlists. The first one is You're the One by Kay Trinata. The second one is Wait for the Moment by Wolfpack. And the third is Drugs and Hello Melodies by Don Tolliver and Caliuchis. Now back to the show. President Vladimir Putin of Russia has finally given the order for his military to conduct peacekeeping operations in Ukraine after having reportedly stationed over 100,000 troops along the border for weeks. Not really sure what type of peace Russia intends to keep rolling into Ukraine with thousands of tanks, but this basically signals the beginning of an invasion. Putin is justifying his decision by announcing the Luhansk and Donetsk regions as sovereign from Ukraine. These two regions had been armed, financed, and politically controlled by Russia since 2014, but technically still been recognized as a part of Ukraine, up until now. Putin claims that through this occupation, he is protecting Russian citizens in the region, whom Russia has spent weeks granting Russian passports. Intermittent fighting between Ukraine and Russia has been going on since 2014, when Russia invaded and annexed the Crimean province, which was a part of Ukraine at the time. 
Since then, the conflict has resulted in more than 14,000 deaths. The U.S. and European allies have condemned Russia for breaking international law and have levied sanctions prohibiting financial business with powerful Russians. But it remains to be seen if this will actually change Russia's actions. I know we see World War III trending on Twitter all the time, but it's shit like this that could really get that snowball going. And I'm not sure if you've all seen the TikTok of Putin lifting, but I think Biden's communication team better start storyboarding some big dick energy videos in response just to make sure the Russians know what's up. All jokes aside, though, this is definitely still a developing situation, and there is absolutely no guarantee that there will be a war. Regardless, I'll be following it closely, and I'll keep you updated. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next week.